Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 73 of the Mimi B Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and you're listening to the Mimi B Magazine podcast, a lifestyle podcast all on health, relationships, sex, career, and self-development. This podcast is designed to entertain, inspire, and to motivate you to become the best version of yourself possible. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey guys, today I'm here with Miss Charlotte Bouchard. She is my cousin. She lives in London with me and she and I have wanted to do a podcast together in four ages. Not in ages. Four ages. Brain fart. How are you doing today? (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. So I'm in Toronto. Char's in London. I am in Toronto for basically six weeks to two months. I'm getting a new visa, so I'm far, far away. I miss you over here. I know. I always I only you. know London with you, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, living with you and you always kind of being around the corner and now you're a whole ocean away. I know. It's sad. When I um, So when Charlotte first moved to London, I'll give you guys a little backstory. We <laughs> lived together for a year and that was like two years ago, right, Charlotte? That was two and a half years ago. Yeah. Oh my God. That feels yeah. like... That feels like way too long ago. It honestly feels like it was last year. But we were prepping for it the whole year before. So we were like on the phone all day, every single day, just talking about like the life that we're going to have in London and flat, like searching for flats and all that stuff. We had such an amazing flat too. It was dreamy. It was like the perfect, most like modern and perfectly equipped flat. It was like such a find. Um, I miss that. Was it too? That was such a good flat. So like classic London Victorian style, white picket fence, just so cute. And like it was such a good price too. I remember we were both like just moved to London, <laughs> like don't have that much money. This <laughs> I think it was this. It was like the second flat that we saw, and we were just like done. I didn't even want to see another one. We. we I've, just- I've been really lucky with flats in London, though. Like yeah. I've always paid a really good price for for what I've had. Yeah, agreed. You just got to search a little bit. Exactly. So guys, Shar and I always like our thing is having long ass phone conversations. <laughs> like it's just something we do. We phone sit on the phone together. Mostly voice noting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Voice notes, lots of voice notes. But mm-hmm. um, so we, what, like, we are known for basically sitting on the phone for like hours and hours and like just doing our own thing. And like once in a while, like checking up on the other <laughs> and just being like, hey, are you still there? Yeah. And then just doing our own thing. So we have a lot of conversations basically. And one conversation we had last week was so good that we were both like, oh my God, we need to do a podcast on this. And it was about relationships and friendships and just like surrounding yourself with people that really empower and inspire and motivate you and just bring out the best version of you there is. So yeah, we kind of just wanted to do a little podcast on this and mm-hmm. share some stories that we have and kind of just see where the conversation takes us. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Yeah, so let's start with like relationships because right now I'm away from Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, he's coming to visit <laughs> next month, but like we are spending a bit of time apart, mm-hmm. uh, for like three weeks at a time, but it'll be two, three week kind of blocks of time. That's easy peasy. Yeah, Charlotte thinks it's easy because she did long distance with her boyfriend who's British when she was in Canada for a year. Um, coming like, kind of long story short, but she was in London for a year, went back to Canada for a year, and then came back to London. Mm-hmm. So how like how did you manage long distance because 
I am, I think I'm doing pretty okay right now. It's like day two, <laughs> day two going strong. Two. <laughs> Literally. No, um, I think yeah, your tricks. Yeah. So I did, did long distance for a year and then I came back and then I did it again. So I did two years kind of sandwiched in between one normal year. Um, and I kind of, we were kind of just thrown into it. Like we met and just went straight into it. So we didn't actually, um, live together in the same city before going into long distance, which is not your typical long distance situation. Um, But I think, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for me was just focusing on myself and not looking at it it as a negative or a bad thing, but looking at it as um, time for me to focus on myself and do all the things that I want to do. And um, really, like, I was doing my last year of university, so I was just, like, head down in the books, working part-time, just kind of like doing everything that I need to do, knowing that I would be moving back to London in a year. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it is tough and you do miss each other, but I I really do think that um, long term, it's actually a good thing for your relationship. And obviously long distance is a means to an end, right? So it's, it's a bridge. You ultimately have the same end goal. Um, but yeah, I think like there's, there's ways that... Um, you know, by focusing on yourself and doing what you need to do and still um, seeing each other, you know, whenever you can see each other, it makes you appreciate that time so much more. So like when you see Ben in three weeks, you're going to be like, oh my God. And you just kind of, you, you appreciate it so much more. It's not the norm anymore. So you're, you get all excited and, and yeah, it makes it kind of fun. It's like higher highs and lower lows, I guess, in a sense, but um, yeah. Yeah. You don't take it for granted. You know what I mean? And that's, I think, yeah, like with Ben and I, I I see him all the time. I see him pretty much every single day when we're in London. So some days I can definitely take it for granted. Yeah. And I think it, yeah, it becomes your your day-to-day. It becomes part of your routine. It becomes the norm. And I think it is, I mean, look, like we are young and I I don't like to think like super long term, but I, I think in the general, um, you know, taking a step back and looking at my relationship I think it's a it's a positive thing and I think you have to see it as that and um like I was telling you when we were talking the other day um to 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 use it as like use it as a positive thing if you look at it and you just kind of are just waiting until the day that you're back together then you're missing out on the time that you are spending for example in your hometown so when I was back in Montreal I really focused on appreciating being in Montreal and also knowing that it was probably the last time I would be living at home and living with my family and my dad. And um, so I was like, why on earth would I want to fast forward this and skip through this? Not that I can, but, you know, sometimes you have that mentality of just like, oh, I just need to get through this. And I think that's just wasted time. I think you really just need to appreciate and enjoy like every step of the process. And distance makes the heart grow fonder. I truly, truly believe that. And a little bit of distance is, is a good thing. It really is. Mm-hmm. And it really just like puts your trust to the test. It kind of puts totally. your relationship to the test, which totally. I think is so healthy and amazing. And I knew that I had to go away for a certain amount of time to get this new visa because you have to apply when, mm-hmm. when you're in your, your country of, you know, residence and stuff. So, um, I, I was prepared for this. And to be honest with you, I never really saw it in a negative way. Like the second I realized I had to do this, I was like, great, I'm going to go to Canada. I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to like mm-hmm. finish my book. I love a good solo trip. Like every single year, um, I will take a solo trip, mm-hmm, you know, last year to Greece. Yeah, yeah, before that it was Paris. Like I'll always kind of go somewhere alone. It's so and, It's so, so yeah. important. I think like ultimately, you know, being in a relationship, you are – 
in my opinion, I mean, you have to be two independent people in a relationship. You can't be two dependent people. And this really kind of solidifies that and also helps like train you to, to become that. And um, it totally, you know, puts your, I don't want to say like puts it to the, your relationship to the test, but it's like a hurdle. And if you can get through that, you come out so much stronger on the other end. And I mean, obviously you, you know, the trust has to be there a hundred percent and um, you know, you just, yeah, as long as you're, um, you know, in it, you both are in it for the right reasons and there's, there's no, no reason to really look at it as a bad thing. So I'm not going to lie, like, it is kind of scary at first when you think about being away from your partner if you've Mm -hmm. never had before, you've never had that distance before. And like, I could definitely admit that there were certain thoughts that that passed through my head that were like, oh, like, what if, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. not there and like, he gets lonely and like, I know Ben would never fucking cheat, but like, it, you know, it's like, those thoughts can like eat you alive. Exactly. Like it's normal to get those thoughts, but at the end of the day, you just need to like put all of your trust into the other person and know deep down that if, you know, for example, this is like what I always like to think about with the whole cheating thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, as, as much as I trust Ben and like, as much as he trusts me, like it's normal to have that thought in a relationship, like, Oh, what if, right? Of course. So my theory can have that all the way through their marriages. Oh yeah, for sure. So that's going to literally eat you up, like you said. And my theory with that, and it's always been this, and you know, it's easier said before I was ever in a relationship, but my, mm-hmm. my theory has always been this. If your partner is going to cheat, let them cheat. You'll yep. find out eventually. You'll find out. Do not yep. let it steal your time for the entirety of the relationship before, or, you know, even if they never do it. And it will just, it will honestly be detrimental to your relationship in the long run. Like it could actually ruin your relationship, your obsessiveness over, you know, what if they did that going through their phones, this, that. It's like, just fucking forget about it. Do not, like, unless you actually have proof or evidence or you, you feel really kind of sketched out about something they said to someone or whatever, like, then just don't, don't think about it. Just out of your mind. Yeah. I agree. And I think, look, going into a long distance relationship, you just have to accept that there there is that level of trust and you have to not ever doubt it because the second you start doubting it is the second it goes downhill. And like you said, it will ultimately end up breaking you because it's going to be at the back of your mind and you're probably going to take it out on him in different ways. And so you're going to start all these little fights or all these things, or you, you were at this place, or you said you were at that place, or you spoke to this person. Like it, the little like nitty gritty fights like that are going to come out because of that deeper kind of insecurity that you have about is he will he cheat on me will he you know what I mean so you have to take that leap of faith and just know that you trust each other 100% and you love each other and you you know this is this is a temporary situation it's not permanent and you will come out of it 100% stronger and but it is normal to have those thoughts, but to 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 acknowledge them, to see them, and then say bye bye. You know, there's no space for that here because it will eat you alive, and it will cause major strains on your relationship in other ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally, completely agree. And I think it's cute. Like I I think it's cute to kind of like be more romantic mm-hmm. while being long distance. Like I was just thinking. That's the thing. So basically when I first came back to Toronto like a few days ago, mm-hmm. I was doing my morning routine and I was writing my gratitude list <laughs> and was on there because he's been such a freaking doll lately. Mm-hmm. He always is, like especially lately because yeah. you know, he's been such a big support system. Oh. Um, 
for me since like, you know, lots of like this stress has been going on lately anyway. So I was writing out my gratitude and I was like, you know what? I fucking love this guy. I'm going to write him a handwritten letter and send it to him. And I haven't told him about it, but I sent it in the post today and hopefully you'll get to London soon. And I, I just, love that. London, I love just that. Yeah, And it was because it was kind of like, I've never written someone a letter before. Like, yeah, I've done cards, but I haven't like sent this through the post. Like, it's so much more exciting. We're so in this era of technology. I mean, snail mail is, is a thing of the past. And I find it so, now when I get a letter <laughs> through my mailbox with my name on it, I'm like, what? Like somebody wrote to me? It's fun. It's exciting. And it's really, it's thoughtful. It's very thoughtful. And I think also long distance makes you become more thoughtful. I think it makes you think about um, things and plan maybe a little bit more. Think of cute, fun ideas because you're not you're not with them in that day to day. Again, it kind of becomes more special when you see each other and um, you think of cute little things to do, like writing notes or you know sending them a little like surprise in the mail. I think yeah, it it totally it has a lot of benefits. Again, like I said, and you know knowing that it's a means to an end, it you should just only only look at it as a good thing. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about uh, the other type of relationships, like friendships mm-hmm. and surrounding yourself with people that make you feel good. Because we talk about this a lot. And Shar, Shar has actually gone through so much personal growth uh, last year. And we kind of like, we always talk about personal growth. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like Shar, do you want to just like- You kind of got me into the whole personal growth thing. You- Stop it. You what? No, you, I mean, when we were living together in in London, you were starting to get into it a lot and reading like um, Dale Carnegie and all those books. And I would kind of like peek into your room and like open the book. Borrow them. (laughs) Borrow them. Love it. Um, No, I think I, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I feel like I had a breakthrough um, over the last year of just, yeah, I guess- really realizing the kind of people that um, I want to surround myself with and realizing that who you surround yourself with does have an impact on you and does influence the way you are and the way you act. You pick up on on bits and pieces of all the people that are around you. Um, and I think it's it's so important to to realize who the real kind of the genuine supporters are versus the ones that may seem like it, but really when push comes to shove, they don't walk the walk. And um, it's so easy nowadays, I think, with social media and all this stuff to feel like you have all these friends and all of this and all of that, but how many of them are, are really real and how many of them are really genuine and how many, you know, would you do anything for? And I think we definitely both agree on quality over quantity and um, mm-hmm. just having you know, your, your core, your, whether it's your boyfriend or your, your girlfriends from, from when you were kids or from that you met in uni or any walk of life, you know, you know, and I also really believe in energies. And I think that I can feel that in somebody right away. And, um, you just, you, you click with them or you don't click with them. And, um, yeah, but I think also in moving to London, um, I kind of, took a step back and assessed my life in Montreal because I felt like I had like a life in Montreal and I had a life in London. And um, it really made me realize the people in my life that aren't those supportive cheerleaders and, you know, genuinely happy for you when something good happens to you and there for you when you're sad. And um, and I I have, um, you know, eliminated certain people in my life that I realized were just energy sucking and just kind of just negative and like this dark cloud and always 
just I mean energy sucking that's that's the word for it um and what is the thing in Harry Potter uh the the I know exactly what you're gonna say the Dementors, the, the, dementors, the soul suckers, the soul suckers. But on, that's what it feels like when you're with someone. It that yeah. just sucks the life out of you, and you're like, "What?" I think also. I mean, look in, in a relationship. There's so much give and take, and um, you know, you 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 put in, you you get back. You put in, you get back. And um, I started realizing with a few of my friendships that I was just putting in, and I wasn't get any, getting anything back. And mm. not that you it always needs to be tit for tat, but there has to be some sort of middle ground of, of I'm always there for you and you're not really showing up for me and um, you're not really happy for me when good things happen. Or, you know, I feel like when, when big things happen in life, good or bad, that's when true colors come out and that's when you really see who is there for you and who is supportive and all of that. So, yeah, I think kind of, um, you know, it's so easy growing up. We have so many friends in high school and all of that. But I feel like as you get older, the number of relationships and close friendships probably goes down. But that's a good thing. I mean, you mm. can't keep up with how can you keep up with so many people? I can barely even keep up with like my boyfriend, my best friend and like my family. It's like there's, you know, we're busy and we're, we're doing all this stuff and you have to make time for people. You have to invest in a, in a friendship. I'd rather have a few very deep and fulfilling friendships than have like 20 very shallow and superficial friendships. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I remember in high school, like the more friends, the better because oh, it yeah. made me more popular and that like, you know, up my self-confidence and it was all stemmed from insecurity. And now I'm just like so happy to have, you know, a handful of really good friends, good people that I trust with everything. Mm-hmm. And just like what you said, like I have time for those people now. And it's like, if I had more than, than five really close friends, that's even a lot, you know, it would be hard and, and it wouldn't be quality relationships. And I completely agree with you. I'm like, just not that kind of person that needs to have a big group of friends. And like the more, the merrier, like I'm just such an introvert now. I think I've become way more introverted in a sense, uh, since kind of high school in that era of my life. Yeah. But I think also with with having a big group of friends and, for example, in high school and, you know, we were all similar in the sense of, you know, the more the merrier and having the bigger group of friends meant you were cooler or you were this or you were that. But it's also this sense of of um, validation. It's like you need validation from these people that you don't even know, like these people that you don't really know. It's like, what do you care about? their you know what what do you need their validation for what do you need their who cares like they you don't know them it's not it's Mm -hmm. not genuine and I think that having that small close-knit group is it's just so much more meaningful and you get so much more out of that kind of friendship and and I do have friends that I I mean I've known since I was a kid and that I will know for the rest of my life and we don't talk every day we don't even talk every month but I know that those people are there for me no matter what. And that's, I think, also a really special kind of friendship. Um, Mm. There's some, you know, of my friends that I talk to almost every day and I keep up with on the more of the day-to-day thing. And then I have a few friends back in Montreal that are like my, like, ride or dies, you know, that I would just like that when we see each other, it's like not a day went by and we're back into it and we catch up on more kind of bigger picture stuff. Um, So there are definitely different types of friendships, but all need to be positive and make you happy and make you feel good about yourself and they push you and support you in whatever you do and make you want to be the absolute best version of yourself and do what you love and try and fail and be there for you when you fail and all of that all of that stuff I mean 
it sounds so cliche, but it's really the truth. And I, I think I've, I've really started to figure that out over the last year and have taken action to ensure that the people I surround myself with are only those supportive cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's so true, Charlotte. I never used to know the extent of how important it was to surround yourself with people like that. I used to think, you know, oh, like this friend of mine is a bit negative or, oh, this friend of mine, like, you know, doesn't make me feel great about myself, but it doesn't affect me. It's mm-hmm. just about them. It's, you know, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with me. It doesn't it affect my you. life, but it affects you so much mm-hmm. on such a deep level and it's on a subconscious level. So mm-hmm. if you're constantly around these people that do not lift you up, that do not make you feel good about yourself, that aren't supporters, inevitably, you're not going to feel confident. You're going to feel more insecure. You're not going to, you know, be as successful in any area of your life. Prove yourself to them in some way. But you just won't succeed in any area of your life. Like mm-hmm. if, if you have friends that like you are an average of the five people that you That's hang exactly out with. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. You're an average of, of the five people that you surround yourself with most. And it honestly, like I have so many people when I, when I say this, write to me saying, oh, but like, can't I just like, like make a conscious effort to not act like them? And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, to an extent, but you, at the, at the end of the day, it's a subconscious thing. It's like, mm-hmm. like attracts, like energy attracts energy. So if there's a dominant energy, like subconsciously, you're going to kind of change to match that. And it's just so crazy to think that, that the people that you hang out with actually affect your future. And, and, you know, they say as well, if we're talking about career and money, it's like, all right, the, add up the salaries, the yearly salary of the five people that you're surrounded by most. And that average of that salary is probably what you're earning. And, you know, for money, that's accurate. Um, You know, for for mentality, think about how how positive all those people are. Think about how um, ambitious, how confident they are. And you're probably an average of that as well. Like, it's so crazy to think it's so powerful. It's so true. And I think also to bear in mind that, you know, just because somebody isn't um, that, you know, positive source for you doesn't mean you have to just delete them from your life. It just means distance yourself. It just means don't, you know, don't spend every waking second of the day with them, but be, be conscious of how they affect you and how they impact you. And maybe you'll see them, you know, kind of more in social settings or that kind of thing, not as one-on-one because you know that they make you feel like that. And mm-hmm. I also think that um, a lot of the time, I feel like we have this attachment to old friendships and attachment to people that we've known for a really long time or people that we've grown up with. And it's like, well, we've been best friends since we're five, but friendships change and people change. And just because you were best friends when you're five years old does not mean that you, you're still going to be best friends when you're 25 years old or 35 or 45 friendships change and you know you grow apart you grow together you can diverge and come back and there's all kinds of you know ebbs and flows in a friendship but not to just kind of cling on to that well we were best friends when we were five so we have to be best friends for the rest of our life it's like no Mm -hmm. you were best friends at that time at that point in time and it was great in that point in time but now you're kind of on on different paths or you have different priorities or different you know all that sort of stuff and that's okay it's okay to to not still be best friends with that person you were attached at the hip with when you were in high school. That's okay. And you have, you meet new people, you make space for new people that you meet along, you know, the course of your life. So I have a question for you. Obviously, if, you know, you want to start hanging out with different people, 
how would you kind of, I know you just said you don't need to full on ditch these negative people from your life, but how would you if they were really toxic and you've just really had enough and you don't want to be around them anymore? Um, so I would definitely, it depends on the kind of relationship that you have with them. If you're open enough that you can be honest with them about that, um, then I think that that's, I mean, not, not like you're negative, you're a bad person, you know, that kind of thing, but just stay, saying, um, you know, you feel like they don't, they don't make you as ambitious or at feels super supported or, um, you know, driving you to be, you know, your best, your best self and all of that stuff. If you can have a, an open conversation like that, I think that that's, that's the best way to go. And it's an honest conversation. And it's also just like kind of life. I think a part of it's just like, that's life. Like you're, you know, friends do come and go and some last forever. And, um, but if you're not comfortable having that kind of open conversation with them, then I would probably just distance myself a little bit. Like I said, don't do the one-on-ones as much and maybe, you know, switch to more group hangouts and then more kind of social settings and just, just distance yourself a little bit. And it's not, I don't think it's a bad Give excuses. That's not, you know, be like, sorry, I'm busy today. I'm concentrating on this new project that I'm working on or like, but also, yeah. And, and, and just, just allowing yourself to do that and say, say no, say no to plans that you don't want to do. Say no to things that you don't want to do. What was that book? I remember actually you gave it to me, the life changing magic of not giving a fuck. And it was like, I don't want to, I remember one of the things I took away from that so much was doing things for other people and going to events or going to parties or going to social things for other people and not for yourself. And so, you know, when that person, that negative person that you're trying to distance yourself from asks you to come to this thing, just say no. There's a polite Mm -hmm. way to say no. Saying no doesn't, isn't, isn't rude. It's not like a, you know, it's, it's just, there's a, there's a polite way to go about it. Find that polite way and, and say no and, and start that creating that distance. Mm-hmm. Also, Shar, like it doesn't even matter if, 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 if it's a negative friend that you want to distance yourself from. If your friend invites you to something of that course, you actually just course. don't want to go to, like this is something I've learned a lot mm-hmm. in the past few years as well. Like I know myself so well now and I know that going out late and drinking a lot and partying is just not for me. It does not make me feel good. It's just not my thing. I don't enjoy it. And I found myself when I first realized this, I found myself still going out and doing these Mm -hmm. things just because I I didn't want to, you know, have confrontation. I didn't want people to say, oh, you're lame. I didn't want people to get mad at me and not you come out. And like, I was comfortable with it. And now you're just like, I wasn't this is me. It. And I don't really feel like doing that. But if you want to go on a walk in the park, then I'll meet you there, you know? Yeah. It's like, listen, let's go for an earlier dinner. Like, I don't want to eat dinner at 10 p.m. because then it kind of just fucks <laughs> up my entire next day. Like, so let's be real. I go to bed at nine. Oh yeah. Like, I'm such a grandma, but that's just me. I and like, I know. That's 2 a.m. and I put myself first and honestly I think being selfish to an extent is a really really good and healthy thing because your relationship with yourself is the most important and yeah like for example if like your friend is going to a club or something and it's all of her friends going or all of his friends going and and they want to you know they want you to come it's like I won't even be fun company like you know And that's kind of like, for example, um, last month, Lottie, it was her birthday and she was having a dinner and then this like club thing after. And I was just like, babe, you know that I'm like not this club person. I'll come say hi at the dinner. And then I went to the party for like maybe like half a drink after was in bed by 11 PM, which is so late for me. But, um, you know, she wasn't mad at me because it's like, she knows that's just me. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think, um, 
ultimately, if, if you don't have that, that, that selfishness and doing what you want to do, then you're just always going to be doing things for other people. You're always going to be doing things to please other people. And you're never really going to be happy with yourself and what you're doing because everything you're just being a people pleaser and you can't please everybody. You can't. So you have to have that aspect of selfishness. And I think, you know, if it's the case where like what you said, like going to a birthday party and it's so not your scene, like if, if it's, if it's a good friend and an understanding friend, then they'll know that. And then you say, Hey, look, I'd love to go for, for dinner next week. Just you and you and I one-on-one, you know, do something like that instead of, cause also I think big birthday parties, you don't even really get to talk to the birthday person. You know, it's, it's, it, there's so many people there and there's so much going on and obviously it's fun and it's a celebration. And if everyone's going out, but you're on a different level than them, it's just, it's, it's, it's just not your scene and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I said to Lottie. I was like, yeah, like, but next, next week, if we're both around, let's do lunch. I'll get you lunch, whatever. But yeah, I think just also just explaining to the people in your life, like when you're trying to make these changes, mm-hmm. just explaining to them, like, listen, like, uh, this is what I'm trying to do. This doesn't make me feel good. Usually when I say to friends, like, listen, if they're like, oh, have another drink or have a drink. I'm like, no, no, thank you. They're like, oh, why don't be lame? And I'm like, listen, it doesn't make me feel really good. So no, you know, like a good friend think- and a mature human being will be like, okay, like no big deal. You know? Exactly. I was just going to say, if it's a good friend and it's somebody that you, you know, that you have a, yeah, a good friendship with, they they won't really care, right? Because that doesn't really matter. And of course, when people are out there, like, oh, have another drink, everyone's drinking. And But if if you're still like, I mean, you can have fun without drinking. I think we all know that. So if you're still there and having fun and doing your thing, it's, it's, it doesn't, what does it change in their life if you're drinking another drink or not, you know? And you can just order one, just order like a club soda with a a lemon in it and pretend it's like a vodka soda. Exactly. And that's actually the really annoying thing though, because at our age, because like we're very similar ages, 23 and 22, um, at our ages, like, you know, it is such a norm to go out and drink. And a lot of listeners of this podcast, like I have my secret Facebook group for mm-hmm. this podcast. By the way, guys, if you haven't yet joined, just type in the Mimi B tribe on Facebook oh, and Mimi man. B. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mimi B is in all capitals, by the way. And uh, try to join and I'll accept you. And basically, we talk a lot on there. And so many girls are like, oh my God, like I can relate. Thank God. Like, I don't want to drink. Yeah. The, the culture of drinking. There's so many girls that, yeah. that are now like, being honest with the fact that they don't feel good when they're partying every weekend and they want bigger things and better things with their life. And, you know, long are the days that you're getting fucked up two, three nights a week and then hating yourself the rest of the week. Like we are starting this amazing movement of, you know, actually doing what you want to do, not following the freaking crowd. I will say though, I have to say since moving to London, there's definitely a much bigger drinking culture over here. It's just, totally the norm to go to the pub after work and have a couple pints and like on a Monday, you know? And so I feel like, um, culture can have a role in, in, in impacting, but I mean, then again, I, in every, in every city, people go out and people go to clubs and people drink, but I feel like, um, cause I know a lot of your listeners are from the UK and I feel like that, um, drinking culture also has a huge impact and it, it's, it's so normal here. It's so, so normal to walk by a pub on a Monday night and it's packed. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, mm-hmm. but, but just being okay with, with deviating from that norm. I mean, who wants to be normal anyways? Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> who wants to be normal anyways? Normal is average. Normal is boring. boring. Totally. 
Yeah, so that's pretty much it. What else have you learned on your amazing personal growth journey? Like, what are some of Charlotte's top principles? Well, I mean, definitely what we've just touched on. Um, and yeah, just kind of one of the biggest things actually that really resonated with me is about limits and that really the only limits that you have are the ones that you impose on yourself. And I feel like that is so true. Like we, as soon as you say, and I know we talk a lot about this and like visualization and all that stuff, but as soon as you say that you, you can't do something, you can't do it. As soon as you impose that limitation on yourself, what in your brain is going to start thinking I can do this if you're telling yourself that you can't, you know? So I feel like just, um, just going for stuff anyways, and just, just following if it's what you love or if it's your passion or just, just going for it. Because I feel like you would really surprise yourself with how, just how much you can do that thing, you know? Yeah. So quote time, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Henry exactly. Ford. That's the one I was thinking of. Well, there's a few, but that I saw that one recently also. And I was like, it I posted is- that on my story like oh, uh, an hour ago. Oh, did you? Okay. I feel like I saw it on Instagram a couple weeks ago, but it's so, so true. It's, it's exactly that. If you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you can't. And obviously I'm not saying you just sit there and think yourself into doing something. No, you have to put in the work and the time and the energy, but you have to have that I can attitude or else you, there's absolutely no way you're going to do it. And I think believing in yourself, um, you know, no matter what and taking, taking the, the falls when they come and getting back up is so important and it just strengthens you and it makes you so resilient. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you gotta get, you gotta be knocked down a couple of times. You gotta get some no's that you have to, it's what makes you hungry. It's what makes you want something yeah. that much more. And it, it's what makes you for it. So, and I think the reward becomes that much greater. So being like allowing yourself to get knocked down and being like, okay, that's the first one, you know, like just picking yourself back up and, and, and back to the drawing board. It all goes back to confidence. And guys, at the moment, I'm actually creating a course all about confidence and it's going to be epic. Yeah. I, I I didn't even tell you, I started it two days ago. Um, I, it's basically going to be like uh, a 10 day program and I'm still in the middle of structuring it right now, but it's going to be 20 minute videos every single day for, um, 10 days. And it's going to be obviously exclusive video links to the people that buy the program. It's going to be a 10 day thing. And it's going to be over 200 minutes of video content, like 20 pages plus of worksheets, 10 pages of like, uh, uh, printable worksheets that you can fill in. And like, it's really going to be this like intense personal growth um, and self-confidence program that I have basically, you know, been testing on myself for the past three years since I've gone through all of my massive change. And I'm in the middle of writing it right now. And every morning I've spent a couple hours on it. And I literally can't even tell you there's so much info and it all like the, the whole concept of just being a confident person and having a strong self-image is so mind blowing because it's like, you really don't think it's that big of a deal. You just think it's a personality trait confidence, but it's not, it's like a state of being. Mm-hmm. And when you are confident, they're like, confident people are the ones that become successful. Confident people are the ones that live the life of their dreams because they have enough balls to go for it. And 
in every area of your life. Confidence is important, obviously, in your career and your success, like asking for what you want and going for what you want. And then it's like in your relationships, Mm -hmm. like not settling, taking risks, you know, like putting yourself out there and in everything in in your body, uh, you know, eating healthy and working out is a form of self-love and self-love is, you know, it results in confidence. So it's like, confidence is literally tied in with so many aspects of life, like pretty much every single aspect of life, actually. So I'm really pumped to uh, release this course. I think I might do it in the next two weeks. So keep your eyes peeled. I love, uh, I love, love, love that. And also one thing, um, just as you were saying, that reminded me of um, things that really resonated with me over this whole personal growth, um, you know, kind of experience is all about just living in the now. It's all about being so present. And I think worrying about the past or stressing about the future, just hate, like, just enjoy the process. And I know we talk about this a lot. It's just like, enjoy if you're always anticipating this end goal, what's going to happen when you get there? you're going to, there's going to be another one and then another one. And it's, it's, it's going to be never ending. So you can't just anticipate an end goal. You have to just live and be in every single moment. And that was a huge game changer for me. Um, stopping and really appreciating everything. And like I said, when we were talking about, um, long distance at the beginning, just appreciating being, you know, back in Montreal for the year and not, not wishing I could just zoom through it, but being like, I want to make the most of this year and appreciate and, you know, enjoy my time here and, um, learning about, and Eckhart Tolle's book, the power of now is what really, really changed that for me because I was I need like, to read it. I can't believe I haven't read it yet. God, it's so good. It's so good. One thing that I, that has just been stamped into my brain from that book. Um, cause I was like, okay, being in the now, being in the now, but you, it sounds easy, but it's actually not that easy. And it actually takes a conscious, effort to be in the now because so easy. I find it so difficult. it's hard and it, it it's a it's a practice it really is just like meditation is a practice like these are all things that you have to practice and you get good at them and one thing that Eckhart Tolle said because I was like okay that's amazing but how do I do it and he was like um activate one of your senses so whether mm. it's sight whether it's touch whether it's taste um you know anything and activate one of those because that automatically pulls you into the present moment so oh my God, I love that. Yeah, I, that one, like it changed, that changed the game for me. I was like, that's, that's so, I, I can do that. I can do that. And when it's I- kind of a meditation. It is. And, and I'll be in situations and sometimes I'll be in like, I'll just look around me and I'll be like, this is, I'm so happy right now. Whether it's, I'm with um, like the other, the other week when you guys, um, Mimi and her mom and dad and boyfriend came up to my boyfriend's house and we were all sitting in the living room. And at one point I kind of just looked around and I was like, I'm so happy. Like, this is, this is so nice. This is so special. This doesn't happen often. And I just like kind of pinched myself for a second and like focused on one of my senses. And I was like, this is, I need to appreciate this and take this in right now because so often we get caught in just like everything's so fast paced and everything moves. And next thing you know, you blink and you're like, oh, wow, that kind of just flew. I don't even remember that. And and I think when you actually take the time. So for example, if I will, um, sometimes like if I'm holding Alexi's hand and we're going on a walk and we're walking through the woods, I'm like, this is just so beautiful. I love this. And I'll just like feel the warmth of his hand in my hand. And then when I'm looking back on it, I will, I will remember that warmth. 
You know what I mean? So when looking mm-hmm. back, I'll remember how green a tree was or how this, I'll focus on that. And then when I look back on my experience, I remember that those points that I activated those senses and oh it God. makes me feel like I really made the most of it and I really enjoyed it. And I wasn't just, you know, and also, I mean, the whole phone thing, just trying to put your phone down as much as possible because the second we look down on our phones, you know, we tune out of everything that's going on around us and brains mush. mush and, and I mean, that's something that I'm still where I'm not anywhere near where I want to be with that. And I'm really trying. I, um, to just not let that phone be an extension of my arm, to use it as a tool, but to not let it be that automatic reflex. And it's hard because we grew up with, you know, social media just kind of took off when we started, we're in our teens. And so it's so second nature to us and it's so a part of our lives, but to detach and just kind of strip it back to basics and enjoy those walks when you're on those walks and enjoy that family time when you're having that family time, because those are the most amazing moments, I think. And that's the stuff that you look back on and you really, you really appreciate. Oh my God, for sure. Also, you know, it's been really affecting me in such a positive way lately is actually not even looking at my phone for the first two hours of my day and the last two hours of my day. I put it on airplane mode. I say goodnight to Ben and I turn my phone off at night and in the morning, I don't even check it. I have it as my alarm, but that's it. Don't even check it until, you know, like 7 a.m. if I wake up at five and I don't even look at it and it just changes my day yeah I know it's incredible I, I, it's the mindlessness it's the mindless it's scrolling so mindless. and it's it eats at your brain you and it's not even just in the moment stupidity that you feel and mindlessness that you feel it's it's it, the entire day when you binge social media in the morning it you will be more exhausted less concentrated yeah. uh grumpier less positive the entire freaking day I yeah, feel more stupid, stupid when I look at my phone all day. One thing I, yeah, the phone, not checking in the morning and at night, I'm I'm trying to do, but it is hard. Um, so I'm trying to use like an alarm clock to wake me up rather than my phone and charge my phone at the other end of my room. Um, but I want to practice doing it for longer periods of time before I go to bed and, and after I wake up. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the mindlessness is, is ridiculous and it's such a reflex and one of my... I mean, New Year's resolutions, I guess you could say, was to um, stop using my phone as a reflex and instead start picking up a book more. And so I like, I love reading, but I always think, you know, I work, I'm busy, you know, I go to the gym, I see my friends and I'm like, I don't have time to read. When I get home at the end of the day, my brain is fried. And that's usually when people read, like at night before bed or, and then I was thinking, and I was like, I sit on the tube for a good like hour, hour and a half of my day when I get like to and from work, that's prime reading time. That is Mm -hmm. prime reading time. That is prime put your phone away time and just read. And so one of my things that I told myself is I always want to have a book on me no matter what, because you might think you're not going to have an opportunity to read. You think about your day and you're like, oh no, there won't be any time to read. And the next thing you know, you're sitting in a waiting room for half an hour. And that's that, those are when you slip in the bits of reading um, so that's something I, I'm doing more and more and, um, it helps because it just, the phone is, is a, it's like a vortex. It's like a black hole. You get it in it and you end up 
watching somebody's story that you just don't give like you 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 find yourself sometimes I'm like what am I doing and I turn my phone off and I throw it in my purse I get mad at myself I'm like what are you doing you are so deep in the hole right now get back out of it look around at the beautiful world around you and like stop staring at this screen it's it's revolutionary and you know what we can use it as our competitive advantage when trying to get more work done in the day and you know think about the fact that everybody else our age is glued to their phone and if we actually stop using it as much it's our competitive advantage and we get more done in our day and we'll you know go forward in life faster yeah yeah totally and I think also um we when we're walking or when we're this we're always looking down at our phones and for me I mean I know you feel the same way like we both fell in love with London we love how beautiful it is and how aesthetic it is and everything and I'll find myself walking on just you know the cutest street ever and my head is buried in my phone and I'm like are Mm -hmm. you kidding me like this is what I moved here for and I'm sit, I'm walking by these beautiful buildings and churches and everything and I'm I'm staring at my phone you miss the world around you when you look at your phone, you completely tune out to it. You're not living. No, you're not. You're, you're living a virtual, a virtual world. Um, and, and actually is something like, yeah, using your phone as a tool and all that. And one thing, I don't know if you get like the headspace notifications. I love them. They're so good. They'll just pop up so often when I'm on my phone and it'll be like your phone. What do they say? Oh, there's there's so many. It'll sometimes it'll just be like, look up at the sky and smile, or like say hi to a stranger, or um, or smile at a stranger, or it'll be like your phone is great. It has many uses. Now put it down and go do something else, or stuff like that, <laughs> you know. And or it'll say like your phone is a tool, and that's I love thinking about the phone as a tool um, because that's what it should be. It's look we in this in this day and age we do need phones, we do need Google Maps, we do need you know Uber and whatever all those. But those are tools. And so to really look at your phone as a tool and not, you know, a part of your human like body. <laughs> yeah, totally agreed. Okay, so Shar, we are coming up to the end of our time together. Mm. I really wanted to talk about your new business. Mm. So guys, Charlotte has um, started a new business venture. And I think some of you would be really interested in hearing more about it. So Shar, do you want to give a little bit of a lowdown? Yeah. So, well, I feel like you've maybe touched on it with your mom a little bit. Um, but basically it is Arbon, which is a um, health and wellness online um, company. They're totally online and it's all vegan, botanically based, GMO free, gluten free, all of that stuff. Um, so I just started working as an independent consultant for Arbon. So um, I basically am your point of contact if you want to um, purchase any of the products or become a client or even start working the business as well. Um, But yeah, it's cool. It's fun. And one thing I do, what kind of got me into Arbonne, I mean, I'd heard of Arbonne for so long because Mimi's mom has been um, doing it for like five or six years now. Um, And I kind of always, I've been using the products for years and always, always loved them. Um, So the products sold me in that sense. But in terms of doing the business, I kind of was on the fence for a little while. Um, and I guess in line with my personal growth and enlightenment, um, one thing I do really love about Arbonne is they're all about personal growth. And it's all about just growing your business, but also growing um, yourself and 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 pushing yourself and um, testing yourself and getting pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, which... 
um, I think is really, really important in all aspects of life. Um, so yeah, it's cool. I love their ethos and it's obviously I'm, I mean, I'm not a vegan, but I'm like a, an 85% and it's probably closer to 80. Um, 80 I'm an 80, 20, 80, 20, I do my best, but I do love using, you know, products that I know are completely clean and transparent in their ingredients and not toxic and not harmful and actually good for you because the stuff, I mean, I feel like we, we so often only think about food that we're putting into our body, but what we put on our body is just as important. It sits on your pores, it gets absorbed into your bloodstream. And, um, I, I just, for me, knowing that everything is very clean and green and vegan, um, I love. So yeah, if you have, and you guys could get discounts and stuff, like just DM Charlotte on Instagram at Char Bouchard and she'll give you the whole lowdown. I personally love some of their nutrition products and also their anti-aging skincare line. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm 22, but I am taking all preventative measures right now. (laughs) I don't want any wrinkles. Yeah. I use the night cream. Yeah. The night cream's amazing. I'm using the anti-aging line too. And people, at first I was like, this is kind of weird. I'm 23. I don't, I don't know if I need this. No, it's all about preventative measures. It's, about it's prevention. all about prevention. It's so true. And your mom was like, uh, she was like, I have so many 20 year olds getting on the anti-aging line because prevention is so much easier than fixing. Right. It's like well, people get preventative Botox. Like yeah. it's all about prevention. It's about not even getting those wrinkles yeah, to begin exactly, with. Because preventing is so much easier than once you have them dealing with them. Right. So so Shar and I are actually going to do a whole podcast on skincare because that's like a whole mm. other topic that we freaking love talking yes. about. <laughs> so let's not even get into that because we're just going to be like on a whole other ball game yeah. or in a whole other ball game. But the other thing I was going to say is I love from the nutrition line, they have like really great vegan protein bars mm-hmm. and the protein powders are epic. I personally love the pure protein. Yeah. Um, it has like it has no, no carbs no sugar, no carbs. It's just a shit ton of protein. Yeah. Um, and what what kind of protein is it? Is it pea, pea protein? protein? Cranberry protein and rice protein, I believe. Um, yeah. So I do that after my workout. Yeah, so that one's just flavorless and you just add it and then whatever else you put in the smoothie gives it the flavor, but there's chocolate and vanilla, which I love. Um, and then the other amazing thing are the fizz sticks. I know you don't really have those because there is a bit of sugar in there them. Yeah, there it's I think it's more stevia carbs, isn't it? Yeah, well, so, yeah. I mean, there's a there's it's I think it's like 50/50 stevia and, and cane sugar, um but obviously like unrefined and not processed, but um they're a little pure they're kind of like the pure light packets. Like yeah. they're little packets that you put in a bottle of water <laughs> and I actually was addicted to them for a while. I still once in a while will have them and they are amazing. It's like if you don't want to have coffee, they mm-hmm. are an amazing energy replacement. You feel amazing after. Exactly. It's all um, like vitamins and, yeah. and um, energy boosting vitamins and minerals that just give you that little pep. But I, what I love about them is that they don't give you that crash that I find coffee gives me. Um, like so like that, you know, one o'clock crash that you get after you had your cup of coffee in the morning. It's a bit, it's mm-hmm. not as high of a peak as coffee, but it's much more balanced. So you don't have that really high peak and then that really low crash. Um, so that's what I love about them. But yeah, if you guys have any questions, DM me on Instagram and I will be very happy to answer them for you. Yeah. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Yay. Big kisses. Bye. <laughs>